0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Moses prepares the children of Israel for entering the promised land by reminding them of God's blessings and battles for his faithful ones. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. Moses laid out a plan for Israel, and if they followed it, then they
0: would be blessed above all peoples. But there were also many battles to fight. Likewise, God has given us a plan to follow that involves both blessings and battles. We pick it up in Deuteronomy 7.12. Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you, the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your livestock. God promised the children of Israel amazing material blessings if they would keep his covenant. He would love them, bless them, and multiply them. He would increase their children, their grain, wine, oil, cattle, and flocks. In fact, they would be blessed above all nations on the earth. And they would even receive physical blessings. Verse 15. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. Now Moses repeats what God told them after they crossed the Red Sea. In Exodus fifteen twenty six. he said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That is Yahweh Rapha. So, if they would keep their covenant with God, then God would keep them wealthy and healthy. Now, some teach that these material blessings are also promised to us today. In other words, if we believe in the Lord, then we will be wealthy and healthy. But Jesus was not materially wealthy. Everything he had was borrowed except the clothes that he wore. And the Apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. Most commentators believe that this was some kind of physical ailment. Three times Paul pled with the Lord to remove it. But instead the Lord told him, My grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. We know that Charles Spurgeon suffered greatly with bouts of depression. He concluded that this condition was allowed by the sovereign will of God. To be sure, the believer in Jesus Christ has been brought into fellowship with God through the new covenant, and there are great and numerous blessings that come to us as a result. But these blessings are primarily spiritual. As Israel was blessed materially and physically, so we are blessed spiritually. The children of Israel were delivered from the bondage of Egypt. We have been delivered from the bondage of this world system. They fought with swords and spears. The weapons of our warfare are spiritual. They were to defeat and destroy human enemies. Our enemies are Satan, the world, and the flesh whose weapon against us is sin. We defeat these enemies by reckoning or considering ourselves to be dead to sin and by putting on the full armor of God. Now, all of this is not to say that we won't be blessed if we are faithful to the Lord. God does bless us in many ways, spiritually, relationally, materially, and physically. However, we don't merit these blessings through our good behavior. Rather, when we are in a covenant relationship of loving God and keeping His commandments, then we are in the place where He can freely pour out His blessings upon us as His dearly loved children, as He determines. Therefore, as Jude tells us, we should aim to keep ourselves in the love of God. In other words, keep yourself under the spout where God's blessings come out. Verse 16. Also, you shall destroy all the peoples whom the Lord your God delivers over to you. Your eyes shall have no pity on them, nor shall you serve their gods, for that will be a snare to you. They were to show no mercy toward the seven nations that God was commanding them to destroy. We covered the reasoning for this yesterday. God was very specific about which nations they couldn't touch. And which ones they were to destroy. Now, no one can use these commandments to justify wiping out nations today. This was a specific commandment of God at a specific time against specific nations that were totally depraved. God chose Israel to be his instrument of judgment against them. And for this reason, they were to show these nations no pity. Verse 17. If you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw, the signs and the wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet among them until those who are left, who hide themselves from you, are destroyed. You shall not be terrified of them, for the Lord your God, the great and awesome God, is among you. Now, forty years earlier, they had looked at the fortified cities with walls up to the heavens and the giants who lived there, and they were afraid. Their fear led to unbelief and ultimately to failure. So Moses is encouraging them not to be afraid. Rather, they were to think on their past victories to give them courage in the present. And just as God defeated the Egyptians, so he would defeat these seven nations. Moreover, he would send the hornet before them until everyone who hid from Israel in terror would ultimately be destroyed. Was this a physical or a spiritual hornet? We don't know. But the point was that they didn't need to be afraid for God would fight for them and no one can stand against him. Perhaps God is calling you to take a stand for Christ in school, in your family, or at the job. He wants you to stand for truth or for doing what is right and you're afraid. You know that you face opposition. There are enemies, both real and imagined, physical and spiritual whom you must overcome. But you can't allow yourself to be terrified by them or shrink back in fear. And why not? Because the Lord is great and awesome, and He is with you. Moreover, He has brought you through frightful difficulties in the past, and He will do it again and again. Now, Jonathan came to this conclusion as he came against the Philistines. He told his armor-bearer, Nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Just remember, God and any one person is a majority. Am I on God's side? That is the question we must each ask ourselves. Verse 22. And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. But the Lord your God will deliver them over to you and will inflict defeat upon them until they are destroyed. And he will deliver their kings into your hand and you will destroy their name from under heaven. No one shall be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. Their progress in the promised land would be slow and steady. I came across a quote the other day that caught my attention. The trees that are slow to grow bear the best fruit, Moliere. Now, God wouldn't give them the land all at once because then the wild animals would multiply before they had opportunity to fill the land. So little by little, city by city, bit by bit, God would deliver to them the promised land. God delivered and they destroyed. No one would be able to stand against them. Now, once again, we must see these things as pertaining to our spiritual lives. We commit our lives to Jesus Christ as our Savior, but we have many areas to conquer. We are like the children of Israel crossing the Jordan River. We face giants of our flesh, sinful habits of the old life. Sometimes we look at these and are overwhelmed. We think they are too big and strong for us. We're troubled that we're not further along in our Christian development. But God wants us to believe that His divine power gives us everything we need for life and godliness. He wants us to know that the Holy Spirit within us is greater than anything Satan, the world, or the flesh can throw at us. Now, have you noticed that after your conversion, some sins left you immediately, while others have continued to be a struggle throughout your Christian life? You see, God doesn't give us the complete victory all at once. Little by little, we challenge these areas of our flesh. We claim each area of our whole selves for the kingdom of God. And those areas that were controlled by Satan or the world or the flesh, God delivers to us, but we must destroy them. Consider what Paul wrote in Romans 8.13. For if you live according to the flesh you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Sweet victories are promised to us if we will learn to walk in the Spirit. Verse 25. You shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the silver or gold that is on them. Nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. Would you like to live a victorious life in Christ? Then learn to love what God loves and hate what he hates. God loves his son and he loves people, but he hates idols. Here's the short definition of an idol. Anything you trust rather than Jesus. Get rid of it and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, God knew that the silver and gold contained in these Canaanite idols was corrupted. And if the children of Israel sought these precious metals, then they would be led into the same idolatry. Therefore, they weren't to touch them or bring them into their dwellings. They weren't even to melt them down. They were to consider them accursed things and destroy them. As we apply these things, I think of two questions to ask ourselves. Are there any abominations in my house? And are there any abominations in my heart? May we sincerely ask God to examine us and to help us clean house. And in this way, we will receive his blessings and win his battles.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through to bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where Moses warns Israel that after they are blessed, they must not forget the Lord and all he has done for them. It's a good reminder for us to not forget where we were when the Lord found us. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.